Hello, and welcome back to the Halifane Podcast. I am Craig, your host, and today we're going to briefly go over the history of the infamous jack-o'-lantern. I was a little bit delayed in getting to this episode. Uh, I wanted to do one episode per week leading up to Halloween, but uh, we will see how that goes. (laughs) Anyway, uh, what is a bigger mascot for the holiday of Halloween other than the pumpkin? Of course, specifically the jack-o'-lantern. And how did the squash become the symbol it has today? Like a lot of our other Halloween traditions and the holiday itself, it has its roots in Ireland. And before we get into that, I thought I'd include up front a brief history of the term jack-o'-lantern itself. Uh, from what I've gathered, the, the term jack-o'-lantern originates from uh, the 17th century. Uh, it was a British term referring to a lantern-wielding night watchman. And you also see this term being used to refer to igneous fatuous or swamp gas which which is essentially the oxidization of several gases which results in photon emission and these are uh, manifest as little lights that one might see in a swamp or a bog Uh, it's a natural phenomenon and another term for this was a will-o'-the-wisp amongst various other titles it seems to be a regional thing you know depending on where you're from you might refer to these lights by a different name And as far as how this title became associated with the carved pumpkins we know is uh, seemingly somewhat unclear. Many, though, attribute it to the Irish folktale of Stingy Jack, which we will get to. But first, let's get into the history of the carving tradition itself. Um, The tradition has the majority of its roots in 19th century Ireland, where the practice of carving out uh, beets and turnips and illuminating them became tied to the holiday of Halloween. And the tradition also has its roots in Celtic pagan practices, where turnips again and the like were carved out and displayed to ward off evil or unwelcome spirits. October 31st through November 1st, the holiday of Samhain did and does take place. And to those whom observe this holiday, it is believed that the veil that separates the living from the dead is at its thinnest. And for this reason, various goods are left out to appease both spirit and gods. But this time also marks a threat for potential negative spirits. So they also carved faces into roots as a means of protection. So much like uh, the Day of the Dead traditions, uh, goods are left out for the spirit of loved ones uh, or guardians, whatever it may be. Overall, good and positive spirits. <laughs> and um, But they, they wanted to ward off the evil spirits by uh, carving out these ghoulish faces. And uh, I also read um, <clears throat> that there was a fear of vampires at the time, or at some point there was a fear of vampires, and uh, the jack-o'-lanterns were used specifically in warding off those. Um, it was believed that if the vampire's identity was revealed to a potential victim, then the vampire could no longer stalk or hunt that person. Um, I had never heard that rule in the vampire lore, but (laughs) apparently that's what they believed. Anyway, the practice, the practice of carving out turnips and illuminating them, is also carried out in southwestern Europe, although for different purposes. And this is during Punky Night. Punky Night is a custom closely related to Halloween and being mostly celebrated in a place called Somerset. And uh, Punky is apparently an old English name for lantern. And again, they are carving out turnips as opposed to pumpkins for the celebration. Um, 
pumpkins aren't native to Europe, so <laughs> they wouldn't even have access to pumpkins at this time, you know, in this origin time. Um, <clears throat> After the celebrations that were taking place at a fair that was once held in Chiselboro, attendees needed a light to guide their way home. And so partners, their partners, would make jack-o'-lanterns for them. And apparently this tradition has stuck and is still practiced in various places in Europe, uh, with Pookie Night being the Irish equivalent. I'm guessing this, you know, I didn't look much into Punky Night, but I'm guessing the modern day tradition manifests in the form of like a street fair festival or something. I'm just guessing. Um, perhaps I'll look more into Punky Night um, for another episode. I had never heard of it before. And obviously what I just gave you isn't much, much of an explanation of what it is. But getting back on track, like many pagan traditions, the custom was adopted by Christians during their own uh, during their own celebrations that took place during this time of year. You know, Hallow's Eve being the day before All Hallows Day, also known as All Saints Day. Hallow's Eve being the origins of the name Halloween itself. Um, this holiday also took place on October 31st, I'm pretty sure, or does, for those who still observe it in the Christian context. Um, and... This was probably due to the fact that many pagans were being converted to Christianity and didn't want to abandon all their old traditions, or it was directly adopted by the church itself to aid in these con uh, conversion efforts. Um, but later these traditions would find their way to America when immigrants from Europe, specifically Ireland, Scotland, and England, would arrive, and the pumpkin was found to be a good alternative to their beets, turnips, and potatoes they used back home. Uh, the pumpkin, again native to America, is much easier to carve <laughs> and uh, and use for this purpose and also would have been much easier for them to find at the time um, so yeah that's a little history there of the carving tradition itself and now earlier we talked about how the term jack-o'-lantern was a common name for a night watchman but there is another infamous story that a lot of people say is how the name jack-o'-lantern came to be associated with the uh, the jack-o'-lantern that we know. And again, that is the story of Stingy Jack. Um, Stingy Jack is an old Irish folktale that involves the town drunk making a deal with Satan himself. And the story goes a little like this. Um, Stingy Jack was known around town not only as a drunkard, but also a liar and a cheat, you know, an overall bad dude. Well, one night, Satan overheard a conversation about Jack's ways and sought out to find Jack to see for himself if he lived up to this reputation he had garnered for himself. And Jack would eventually run into Satan while bumbling around drunk in the countryside one evening uh, when he came across the body laying on the path he was walking along. The body was actually Satan, and uh, once Jack realized this, he understood that the devil was here to claim his soul, and he requested that he have a last drink before departing to hell. And somehow Satan agreed, <laughs> and the two went off to the local pub, which is a great image, you know. Uh, once Jack was properly sauced, he asked the devil to foot the bill, and somehow convinced the devil to turn into a silver coin, so he could pay the tab with it. But instead of offering the token up to the bartender, Jack put the devil coin into his pocket, wherein a crucifix was also stored. And the crucifix kept uh, Satan from transforming back into his normal form. And so Satan then had to make a deal with Jack. And he agreed to spare Jack's soul for another 10 years. 
And, uh, you know, ten years later, Satan and Jack did indeed meet up again. And in the same sort of scenario as the last time, uh, Jack understood that this time it was to be for real. But uh, still, <laughs> Jack had a trick up his sleeve. He told Satan that he was starving, and he asked if he could have an apple before their departure. And uh, Satan agreed and crawled up into an apple tree. And once the devil was in the tree, Jack surrounded the tree with crucifixes. And once again, the devil had been trapped by Jack. <laughs> and uh, once again, the devil made a deal with Jack. Uh, he set the devil free so long as his soul could never be taken into hell with Satan. And Satan did agree to this, and life went on for Jack. Um, but as all things do, he eventually passed away. And his soul, as his soul prepared to enter the gates of heaven, uh, God had some choice words to say, and God denied him access to heaven for the sinful life he had led here on earth. And Jack was sent to the gates of hell. He begged for admission to hell. But Satan, being weirdly moral, uh, felt obligated to hold up his end of the bargain and not take Jack's soul into hell instead giving him a burning ember to place in a hollow turnip to light his way as he roamed the world for eternity. Um, so, perhaps a cautionary tale. That is the tale of Stingy Jack. Um, I think there may be different variations of this, but uh, this seems to be the most well-known, and this legend definitely seems to be a good candidate for the origins of associating the term Jack Lantern with the practices we do and know today and is most widely believed to be the origins of that. And uh, yeah, so basically the Jack Lantern as we know it is the byproduct of Irish and other European groups bringing their traditions here and then further evolving into an American tradition. And as you can see, the story of the Jack Lantern is indeed a very interesting one with a surprisingly spiritual background. And it is the byproduct of ancient pagan traditions and Irish Christian folklore that was then Americanized and has now become a beloved mascot of the Halloween season. And uh, there you have it, a brief history of the jack-o'-lantern. If you weren't already familiar with this story, I hope you found it somewhat uh, interesting and informative. Um, please consider subscribing if you're listening to this and it seems like something you would be into. And uh, I will then catch you on the next episode, whatever that may be.